Welcome to the latest episode of Schneps Connects. As many of you know, the U.S. Open is in full swing in New York City, so it's a great time to talk tennis and tennis in New York City. Today, our guest is Uday Tambar, who serves as President and Chief Executive Office of New York Junior Tennis and Learning, who's devoted his career to serving the youth. The mission of New York Junior Tennis and Learning is to develop the character of young people through tennis and education for a lifetime of success on and off the court. Since 1971, the organization has changed lives through tennis, education, healthy living, and character development programs. Today, it is the largest youth tennis and education nonprofit in the nation, reaching more than 85,000 K through 12 New York City youth. That's fantastic. Uday graduated from Cornell University with a Bachelor of Arts, received a master's in public affairs from Princeton University, not bad, and recently attended Harvard Business School's executive education program, earning a certificate in strategic perspectives in nonprofit management. So Uday, great to have you on and thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here and talk about the good work we're doing. Well, listen, I grew up playing a lot of sports and I felt like it was a great part of my character development. And, uh, you know, I think from a cardio perspective, it's not an easy sport. You know, that's one of the things I respect when I go to the U.S. Open is, yeah. you know, seeing these men and women run all over the court for hours. And you know how many hours of practice they probably had yeah. they even got on the court. So, you know, we'd love for you to just share a little bit more about the program and and really your core, you know, focus and, and mission. Sure. You know, look, I've been working in public service for about 25 years and been focusing on trying to improve the lives of children and families from low-income communities, immigrant communities, communities of color. And you know, the work that we do at NYGTL is just an extension of that. It's founded by Arthur Ashe, who had sort of roots in trying to increase access mm. to sort of um, opportunity. And you know we've been doing that for 50 years. At our core, what we believe is that talent is universal, but opportunity is not. And what we try to do through all of our different program is create more opportunities. So yeah, this is, and you know it's great to be talking about what we do because of the U.S. Open. You know, a lot of focus on tennis, so it's a great time. It's a good time to be talking. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's great to see how the sport has diversified. You know, I think a lot of people thought about tennis as like a men's white sport. Mm -hmm. You know, and and certainly it's come a long way quickly, I really think, because now you look at some of the top players in the world and it's it's certainly, you know, is diversified. I think women in particular have gained, yeah. you know, tremendous traction in terms of people watching and, and really, you know, knowing who the top players are. But talk about the diversity of of the, the, the children, really, that you're working with. I'd really love to hear about, you know, what you're seeing in terms of diversity, because I'm a big believer, you know, that a lot of sports start with the youth in terms of either their development in playing it or just becoming fans. Yeah, I mean, look, part of it is to reach the communities we need. You know, it's not about saying if you build it, they will come, right? We have to get there in the out there in the community. So we're in about 34 different Title I schools throughout mm -hmm. the city in a year, maybe about 50 different community-based sites in the five boroughs. So in all sort of 51 councilmatic districts, what we do is to, you're talking about the diversity of New York. Our programs reflect that, our staff reflect that, right? Because we often hire from the communities that we serve. 
And so, you know, when you say it depends on which, you know, community we're in, right? So if we happen to be in, let's say, in, you know, Whitestone, it's going to reflect sort of what the community looks like there. If we're sort of in uh, Jamaica, it's going to look like the community that's there. And that's the way we approach it, right? Because you don't need to artificially make your programs diverse. You just have to be where the community is at. And, you know, especially in Queens, where it's so diverse, you just sort of create a, a program and you'll just reflect the, the community. I think one of the tricks that, or one of the challenges, though, is that not all communities have good facilities. Yeah. yeah so that meeting that, that you know, I was right, really interested so, in hearing, you know, A, where are the courts? Are they, you know, public courts? Are they yeah. schools? Are they parks? Yeah. So, yeah. So, look, you know, if ideally you have tennis courts in a park, you have like Cunningham, you have Alley Pond, but some neighborhoods that's not possible, right? So what we do is we will do sort of pop-up courts. So what we'll do is if you have a gym, we'll bring in mini nets hmm. and we'll sort of do that. Uh, especially if the kids are young, elementary school kids, we can take a schoolyard, we can create mini nets. There's we'll get creative because we know that if you're waiting for sort of this immaculate, perfect court to introduce the sport to young people. We're going to lose so many people, right, who could benefit from the sport, the, sort of the grit, the perseverance. And, you know, you're talking about not just the cardio, but also during COVID, the sport grew in popularity because it was socially distanced. Mm. I mean, you could play from across yeah. the net, right? Yeah. So I, I think what we do is, you know, we, we can transform almost any space into one where we'll create nets and uh, bring the rackets and balls so that people can play. And is it something that you're able to do year round or is it seasonal? Yeah. So we um, obviously outdoor only happens during the summers, but during the winter times we do indoor and, you know, we will, with the sort of the fundraising we do, we'll be able to use some indoor courts as well out in like Bay Terrace. I'm just sort of, you know, picking sure. on some Queens locations. That's where, where I grew be, up right there by yeah. the uh, shopping center. They have the yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, we'll sort of rent some space there to provide uh, indoor during the winter time. And look, it's New York and um, indoor courts are expensive. And so what we do is sort of reduce that barrier by making, you know, we will sort of pay the cost for the courts, the coaches, the rackets, the balls, so people can continue to play. What we also try to do is more than just introduce young people to the sport. So we have community tennis or school base, where if they're doing a little bit better, they can get more intensive training. Right. So we have a community tennis program. Plus, you know, we have this new scholar athlete program as well. So, again, the idea is that if you show that potential, that interest, there's sort of a ladder you can climb to develop your skills. And this is beyond Queens, right? You're hosting these. In, in yeah, the- it's five boroughs. It's five boroughs. We up in uh, the Bronx. I mean, I live in Queens. You're focused on Queens. You know, I was talking mainly about Queens, but in the Bronx, we have a facility in Cortona Park. It's called the Carrie Lead Center, where we have court stadium. We actually just a couple of weeks ago hosted a professional women's tournament there. And some of the women who played there are actually playing in the U.S. Open main draw. Hmm. So we had some high quality and it was free to the community. And, you know, we wanted to, in terms of introducing the sport to the community, we understand not many people can afford to go to the U.S. Open, right? Yeah. It's an expensive endeavor. So we said we're going to bring professional tennis into the community, you know, one of the poorer congressional districts in the country, and make it free. And that's what we try to do to so increase access and awareness. And then what about your association with the USTA? Is there a direct connection there at all? 
Yeah, so the U- USTA, you know, is a large organization and they have a foundation, the USTA Foundation, and they sort of oversee something called uh, the uh, National Junior Tennis and Learning, which is almost like an umbrella membership organization. Mm-hmm. And they're throughout the country and New York Junior Tennis and Learning is, the, I believe, the oldest or one of the oldest, but the largest sort of tennis and education organization in the country. So, you know, we work very closely with the USTA and the USTA Foundation. They're great partners. They support us in many different ways. This spring, we actually had one of our sort of free community programs at the National Tennis Center right now where the U.S. Open is being Wait. held. We hold the U.S. Open junior qualifying matches at our carry lead. So, you know, we're, there's constant partnership with them. Absolutely. I'm happy to hear that. And what about staffing? I mean, how are you able to find the staff and how has that been I know it's been difficult for a lot of organizations, particularly nonprofits, to to get staffing. You're absolutely right. It's a challenge. You know, what we did last year is we try to raise how much we pay for our sort of part-time staff. So, you know, no one is making the minimum wage. Everyone's making at least $18 across the organization. We try to reach out to, you know, we'll use online sources, word of mouth. And, you know, staffing is, I would say, core to our success. Because at the end of the day, the magic of the organization is a young person and a staff working together. Yeah. Right. So staff is critical. You know, we invest a lot in training not just on the tennis side, but how do you work with young people in a safe manner? And you're right, it's a challenge because there are a lot of different options, but we were invested in figuring out how to get the best and the brightest to work with our families and young people. And I'm a big believer also when it comes to any sport or physical activity, it also correlates to mental well-being. Is there anything in terms of, you know, your programs that support that kind of mindset? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it's a very timely question because You know, one thing that has happened with the pandemic, we believe is that uh, the landscape is just changed fundamentally, right, for young people. They're at home for a long time. We know that sort of anxiety, depression, all these sort of mental health challenges increased for students, right, elementary school, middle schools, even older kids. And so if we want our young people to succeed on and off the court, It can't just be saying, here's academic enrichment, which we do, here's tennis, here's leadership development, here's social emotional learning. It has to be more. And so we said that, look, you know, we need to address your mental health somehow. So we started actually a new program, which we thought was pretty innovative. We partnered with Silberman uh, School of Social Work at Hunter College, which is the Mm -hmm. oldest and largest public uh, school of social work in the city. And the idea there was that we worked with them to identify you know, a handful of our schools we piloted last year where students were showing that anxiety, depression, stress. And what that Hunter did was they dispatched their graduate social work students to each of these locations three times a week to talk with the students, consult with their parents, and, you know, to address those needs. And, you know, it was very successful and we're expanding it to more schools this fall as well. And it's great you raised this point because I think we as a city need to realize that with students that the pandemic is going to have long-term effects. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is not just like, oh, for us adults, we're like, oh, is it hybrid work? You know, are we working from home or are we, you know, working in the office? For young people, the sort of the mental sort of scars of this are long lasting. So we're sort of baking this into how we think of serving our communities because we know the long lasting impact from what happened the last couple. And quite frankly, we're not completely out of it. 
right? So, but uh, yeah. mental health is becoming more and more important. Well, I think, you know, Hunter College to be able to do that kind of partnership is terrific. And yeah, I think also anything to get kids off of electronic devices, yeah. you know, is, is a positive. Uh, talk through, I'm a parent, I have young, you know, children yeah. here in New York City. What, what options are available specifically for children in terms of, do they sign up for like an eight week program? Is yeah. it an after school program? Is it weekends? You know, can you give a sense to, you know, parents out there, what the options are and how they can find out about those options? Yeah. Uh, so first, what I would do is, you know, visit our website, which is nygtl.org. You know, it has robust information. So second, what I would do is I would check if we are running the after school program in your school. And if we are, then I would say sign up for that We're in 34 different schools in four boroughs. We're not on Staten Island, but, you know, there you can sign up and you'll get tennis there. You'll get academic enrichment. And there's a lot of different clubs like robotics, we provide snack, homework help. Um, and then we have these sort of community tennis sites, you know, which is throughout the city. And there's a registration form on the website. And that is sort of very low stress. You show up and that's all you do. And you show up without a racket, without a ball, and we provide everything. Oh, that's awesome. And, and then if you get hooked, then there's ways that will continue to engage you year round. We just want people to show up and we make it as easy as possible. And we try to be in as many different sites. Like this past summer, we were in 30 different community sites in all five boroughs. Fantastic. So, you know, there's a location near you that you should be able to access our programs. Well, you know, as the U.S. Open is taking place and as kids start watching it on television yeah. and reading about it, you know, and they ask their, you know, parents about it and they're getting back to school. You know, it's really a great opportunity and a great service that you're providing, especially you. for low-income families that, you know, may not be able to afford the tennis racket or, or be able to buy the balls for you guys to be able to provide that service for people just to show up and enjoy it as a great service. Yeah. And, look, and I want to thank you for this opportunity because when people see those players on TV, they're inspired. Yeah. And so the question is, how do I get from my couch to be on TV like that or get inspired. Mm -hmm. And what we say is just, we'll help you take that first step. And that means you, you might not reach the professional levels. Maybe you'll get a college scholarship, but by engaging in the sport, we know you're going to not only succeed on the court, but off the court as well. And that's critical for us as well, right? We want our young people to graduate high school. We want them to go to college. We want them to be meaningfully employed. And we feel tennis can be a key vehicle for making that happen. Yeah, I guess last question for you. How's your back end? <laughs> it's pretty good, but uh, I wouldn't put it on TV or anything like that. But, you know, not bad. Not bad. Well, listen, going to Ivy League school and being a, a great tennis player is a nice combination. Like I said, thanks for the opportunity. And what, what I would say, we'd like to welcome you to one of our sites as well. So if you want to come with your family or you, you know, we're glad to sort of show you in person what we do. And, you know, meet with the young people and the staff. And like I say, that's where the magic happens. It's that like, young person with that coach one-on-one. -on -one. Absolutely. Well, listen, I'll definitely go on your website and check out all the services and honestly inform myself a little bit more about it. But, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to share all the services that you're providing the city. Thank you. Make sure to subscribe to Schneps Connects wherever you get your podcasts or stream us online at podcast.schnepsmedia.com. <laughs>